Ecclesiastes, please. Ecclesiastes, chapter 7 tonight. It's where we left off, I believe, in verse 10 last week. Ecclesiastes, chapter 7. I've enjoyed this study. Chapter 7 is so full and rich wisdom here. And uh, I was studying along and I said, Lord, I don't know how far you're going to let us get. Uh, you know, 12 chapters long and turned into, Lord, it might be a, might be a quite a long study here. We'll see. Um, but we'll see what God does. Well, that's okay. We don't have to rush the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let Him do it. Hallelujah. And uh, chapter 7, Solomon giving us some things. Remember last week, it seemed as if what he was teaching us here, the Holy Spirit's teaching, seemed almost backwards to really what we would think as as human flesh. So it just seemed opposite. How it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. It's better to go to a funeral than it is to a party. You know that kind of thing. And uh, we we looked at that last week. Let's pick up, please, in verse eleven where we left off. We we finished verse ten last week, and we'll pick up in verse eleven, please. So this is Ecclesiastes chapter seven. And verse 11. Are we there? Amen. All right, good. Bible says, Wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. Now, wisdom is good, okay? And it says, with an inheritance. So, inheritance is good, and inheritance with a wisdom is, is even better. Amen? Okay, think about that for a moment. We understand it. Solomon has, has built a lot for himself and has brought great peace on the kingdom. David was a man of war. Solomon was not. Solomon brought a lot of peace uh, for the kingdom there. And he's built up a lot of riches and wealth and things. Uh, he built a lot of things and all of that. And he's thinking about, he's now an older man, he's thinking about well, the, the, my son to come after me. And he's going to leave his son some things here. And he's... He's saying wisdom is good with an inheritance. I wonder how my son will take what I've left him and how he'll use it. If he'll be foolish, like that prodigal son who just wasted it and riotous living, or will he let it work for him? Will he? How will he use it? All of that. So we can understand that. It's good to leave something for our children and for our children's children, okay, Bible teaches that, but how will they use it? And wisdom is a good thing. Obviously, seek after wisdom is what he's teaching us here. There is profit to them that see the sun. Verse 12, for wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. That's not hard to understand, is it? Solomon's going back to his early days when he asked God for wisdom and God gave it to him. And we have the book of Proverbs. The beginning of the book of Proverbs, what's it say? The beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Didn't it say that? Did I say it backwards? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, I think. All right? And, uh, and, and so seeking after wisdom is a good thing. We ought to seek, out, seek God's wisdom on these things. Right? And so we can understand this. All right? He goes on, verse 13. Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? Now that's an interesting verse. Did it just say that God made some things crooked? Hmm. Is God crooked? 
Let me read that verse again. Consider the work of God. For who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? Now, I know my God is holy. He is without sin. The Bible explains that. Hallelujah. Amen? Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice. That's why he was able to take our sin debt upon himself, all the world, because he was perfect. He didn't have to die for his own sins. He died for the world because he didn't have to die for his own. All right? Remember in the Old Testament, the priest, they had to go into the Holy of Holies, right? They had to take that, that blood sacrifice in and pour it upon the mercy seat there on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Well, he had to atone for his own sin first, right? But we have a high priest now Jesus Christ, who is without sin, praise God, and he did it once and for all. He didn't have to keep doing it. He did it once and for all because he's perfect, okay? So we know God is perfect. We understand that. But here it says, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? In other words, how can we change anything that God has done? Sometimes we might think God is wrong in an area, and that's our sin. That's our pride. Yes? When we consider things, it, it's not God who's crooked. It's our perspective, isn't it? Sometimes we can say, well, God, why'd you do this? Lord, I don't understand. Why are you making me go through this? That's our perspective. And we're going to get into the context here in the rest of this chapter. It starts to teach us some, some more about that. But I want you to consider, sometimes God makes us go through some difficult things, some negative things. And a lot of times we can get really bent out of shape about that thing when God's saying, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. What did the shepherd do when the sheep went and got lost? He went and broke his leg, didn't he? I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to draw, bring you back to myself. And sometimes our perspective's off. Let's continue here. We'll get the whole uh, picture here. Verse 14. I struggled with this verse a little bit. L listen to it. In the day of prosperity... Be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. God also has set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. Now, I, was, I started to find some of those words and I started to consider that, thinking on that, praying over it. And um, I can understand the beginning of it and I was scratching my head at the second part. Here it says, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. Enjoy the good times. Isn't that what he's saying? He's saying when things are going well, when, when you have enough money to pay your bills, when, you're, when your kids are healthy, when your family's healthy, when you uh, enjoy those times. But then he says, but in the day of adversity, consider. Adversity is that negative. It's that difficulty. It's a time where I really don't want to be here. I don't want to go through this. I, this is a valley. This is dark. And what's he say for us to do? He says to enjoy the good and consider the bad, what you would call bad. What, is it, what does that mean to consider? Think on it. Think on it. Remember the beginning of this chapter, he said, it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. Why? Because we're going to learn some things. It's going to help us to grow. Yes, it is. It's not always the most pleasant. It's not always the most enjoyable, but it, it, it benefits us. It helps us. And so I wrote some things down here. Uh, enjoy the good times. Learn or grow during the difficulties. God allows good times and trials to happen. These can happen anytime. He gives us a mixture 
of both of both to develop us into what and who we are. So we're to enjoy and we're to consider the, the positive and the negative. It sounds a lot like how we're to raise children. To nurture. That's good, isn't it? That's, that's the positive. That's the loving. That's the compassion. That's the care. But then there's the admonition. That's the other side of it. That's the difficulty. That's the discipline. With me? Do we not have to, when we're teaching our children and raising our children, do we not have to love them and give them compassion? But we also have to give them some discipline. Because without discipline, they won't learn. We're all sinners, and we know that. And some of you are just like me. You see your sin coming out in your children, right? <laughs> God's getting me back now. Yeah. His name happens to be Jethro. Praise God. Amen. All right. So, so when we understand this, sometimes, sometimes we can focus on those, those negative, those, those difficulties, those trials. And we say, man, God, why are you making me go through this? And we can focus on that. But see, God puts a whole mixture here together to, to develop us into what he wants us to be. And if we focus on that negative, that trial, we can miss all the blessings that he's giving us along the way as well. Yes? Sometimes we're focused on a health situation and we miss the fact that God gave us a flat tire so we wouldn't go through an intersection at the time that we were going to go through an intersection and be laid up in the hospital. And we're too busy over here complaining about something we don't like. And we've missed that blessing. You with me? God, God works in mysterious ways. We understand that. We understand that. Sometimes we can focus on things. We're, notice the end of the verse here. and I, I struggled a little bit with it, but I believe in the context here we can understand it. God also has set the one over against the other. This is verse 14. In other words, he's put, he's put the day that we can enjoy and the day we ought to consider up against one another. It means together. The, the, this day, we're gonna be, it's going to be positive in our minds. And this day, it's going to be negative, And they come together. But it's for our growth. It's for our learning. It's for our help here. And then he says, to the end or the result of that man should find nothing after him. Okay? God knows best. We don't. And sometimes it's good for us to remember and remind ourselves of that. Yes? Yeah. Again, we focus on the negatives. Think about making a cake or think about making cookies or think about making fudge. Or whatever you want to make. Let's go back to the cake thing. Think about all the ingredients it takes to make a cake. I don't know about you, but I have no desire to take a bottle of vanilla and chug it. Is anybody else? I have no desire for that. Ooh. Right? But it's got to be in the ingredients. You with me? I don't know about you, but I don't want to take, uh, uh, take the top off that flower pot and just man have at it man this is good making pancakes in my mouth that don't sound too good does it no but when you take that and you mix it together with the eggs and the butter and the vanilla and the flour and all those things right and bless god praise god for icing hallelujah right you with me and you put it all together and what do you get you get romans eight twenty eight. 
Do we know our Bibles? All things. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. With me? Sometimes you've got to go through some of those ingredients that you don't necessarily want to have. But they're all mixed together and God makes us into that wonderful creation, that cake, whatever, whatever it is you're baking right now, okay, in your mind with those ingredients. And He makes it for His glory and for your benefit. Okay? Sometimes we can focus on some things. Listen, listen here. If your child got a life-altering disease, was diagnosed with it this week, that would be a negative day in your life. You know, I was in high school when I was diagnosed with diabetes. I was embarrassed about it because I, I was... You know, I was, man, I'm tough. I, I'm not. I'm, I, I can still do everything I, I would, did before. You know, and and uh, don't tell anybody. I'm just. I'm still the same person. I was. In, I was my pride. You with me. Yeah, I can still go play sports, and I can still work, and I can still do this, and I can still do that. And I was a little embarrassed about it. You know what? I praise God for it today. It was. It was tough in the beginning because I didn't understand it, but then I consider what some of my plans were and some of where I was headed and God just closed the door. I've told some of you this and, and uh, some of you know and some of you don't. But one of my options was coming out of high school was military. It was the Marines. It was an option. I had recruiters calling me all summer long. I found out I was a diabetic at the very beginning of September of my senior year. You know what happened in September of my senior year? September 11th, 2001. God shut a door. And he pointed me in a direction where I would understand what his purpose was for my life. Because there's a lot of people that I knew that did go and they didn't come home. Or they came home different. Okay? I worked right here in Martinsburg. That was a this was two years after that. I was working with right here in Martinsburg with a lady, and her son went, and he came back different. He was a different person altogether. I said, Lord, I, don't, I didn't understand it, but thank you. Thank you for that vanilla you made me drink. You with me? Yeah. That's what, hey, let's not judge. Man is not the judge. Sometimes it's easy to look at somebody else and you say, well, they're going through all these trials and we start judging them like Job's friends. Yeah. Amen. Well, they must, there must be some sin in their life. There must be this or there must be that. No, we're not the judge. And God does all this. He knows best and he sees the end of the storm. Let's trust him. Let's not, let's not be judgmental. He goes on here, verse 15, please. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. That's a tough one right there, isn't it? God, why are you allowing these people to continue, and yet you're doing this to me? And again, we start to judge there, and we, start, we think that our way and our thoughts are better. God, why is it that you have put me here 
And I'm looking at all these other people. And we're starting to compare ourselves and all that. That's not wise. We know that. Okay? That will drive you nuts trying to figure that out. You know people that are doing well and successful in this world. And they don't care a lick about what God wants. And, and they're not in church. And, or maybe they're not even saved. And you know they're, they are, they are flying high doing well in this world. Successful in man's eyes. Why is it that so many men of God deal with physical issues? Constant. When they've surrendered their life to God and they're trying to serve Him, they deal with these things. I mean, so many pastors that are dealing with this or their wife's dealing with that. I just heard of another one this week. And then the, the pastor's wife going through some cancer issues and things. Why is that, Lord? Let's just trust Him. You know, was Paul humbled by his eyesight or whatever? What, we assume it was his, his eyesight and different things and people try to label it. He says, there's a, there's a thorn in my flesh. There's, a, there's an issue there. And I, I went to God three times on it. Didn't he say that? Yeah, and God didn't take it away from him. Maybe, maybe God just wanted to humble him a little bit. Because Paul could have easily been a big prideful man, couldn't he not? He had a lot of knowledge and wisdom about the things of the Jews. He was a Pharisee at one time. We don't know. Let's not judge. Let's not, judge. Let's not, let's not get bitter at God and judge God on these things. And let's not do that for other people either. Let's be careful with that. Let's be cautious. Look at what the next verse says. Verse 16. Be not righteous over much. Whoa. Neither make thyself over wise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? God just say, don't be over right, don't be righteous. Don't be too much righteous. Is that what it said? Don't, don't, don't get a little too much of the church and, and holy things. It, so, it sounds what it, like what he's saying, isn't it? Brother Andy, it sounds like he's saying, uh, don't get it too involved. You know, you go on Sunday morning, that's just fine. You don't need to go Sunday night. Doesn't that sound like what he's saying? We know that's not the case. God said, be holy as I am holy. He says, draw nigh. We know these things. He, we know. He says in Jude, chapter, Jude verse 20, he says, building up yourselves in your most holy faith. He says, build, you're growing, you're building, you're, you're, you're moving ahead. We understand that, okay? So we let Scripture define Scripture, and we know that he must not mean don't get too much of holiness, don't get too much of God, all right? So what's he saying here? Be not righteous over much. Neither make thyself over wise. Why shouldst thou destroy thyself? Look at verse 17, and then we'll put it together. Be not over much wicked. Neither be thou foolish. Why shouldst thou die before thy time? Is he saying it's okay to be a little wicked? Doesn't it seem like that? Be not over much wicked. No. No. I'm, I'm going to flip over, if you'd like to follow me, Psalm chapter 5. Let Scripture define Scripture here. Psalm chapter 5. Psalm 5 and verse number 4. Psalm 5, 4. The Bible says, For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. See that? Let Scripture define Scripture. We know that verse doesn't mean it's okay to be a little unholy. 
For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. God is holy. Yes, amen. God is holy, and he does not entertain iniquity and wickedness. So that can't mean that. Consider this in the context here. Is it, is it easy for us sometimes, mankind, and the religion that mankind makes up and works on and all that, to sometimes get overzealous and dogmatic about things that aren't necessarily in the Scripture? Amen. Yes. I believe that's what he's talking about here. He says, don't go after your own wisdom and your own opinions and get over-righteous holier-than-thou type mentality. That is so easy to do standing behind this desk. I'll tell you that. Because God leads me to believe something and, all, and, and make lines for my family and standards and all that, but he never once tells me to jam it down anybody's throat. You with me? I'm to preach the Word of God where it is. I'm not to put my own twist on it. Amen? But it's easy to do that, and I've heard preachers do it. And I've heard God's people in, in, that aren't the preachers in the congregation doing it, repeating those things. I have heard things in churches for so many years, and I think, where is that in the Bible? You with me? And we, what do we do? We end up hurting people. We mean well, but we're not, we're not quoting Scripture. We're just saying something that sounds good because we've heard it for a long time. When I was first in the ministry and, and preaching uh, behind a pulpit, man, I used to preach hard on things that I thought I knew were right. I get, amen, bless God, hallelujah. Whew. Yeah. I go back and listen to it later or something. I'm like, yeah, man, fire, I'm so fire. And then you get to studying the Word of God and you're like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Where is that in the Bible? You with me? Let's be careful about preaching opinions. And let's take the word of God as it is. It doesn't matter what standard you're thinking of right now or where you draw lines. Be cautious not to drive your standard down somebody's throat. Because the Holy Spirit of God is the one in charge of that. Not some man, not your neighbor, you with me? Not your family, it's the Holy Spirit. Let's not be righteous over much. Let's not, let's not get overzealous and, and dogmatic about things that it doesn't matter what it is, okay? Some of your families are, are, are deep into other ritualistic things that man, of mankind and all that. Some of you go back and visit family and, and mama's counting beads, yeah, saying, rosaries or whatever and doing things and swatting beat flies when she's praying whatever you with me okay let's just be cautious on on all of it even in fun independent fundamental churches i've heard things said from pulpits it's like whew, that sounds good but give me bible in that thing let's be cautious i don't want you please i don't want you to hang, you're, we're adults in here. I don't want you to hang on the on the the shirt, my shirt tail, 
and follow everything that I ever do. Okay? I want you to be in the Word of God. And I want you to say, Lord, teach me what is right and what is wrong. My preacher is doing this, and that looks good. I'm going to go that way. But God, show me if you have something that line is a little different for me to draw, to draw for my family. That's personal convictions of being, from being in the Word of God. And that's okay. We'll be a church that stays together, that does well together, that su- succeeds for God if we stop following men and we start following the Bible. I believe that's what it's teaching here. At the same time, that second verse about over, over much wickedness, let us be careful in our pride. We think we know best. And it's okay to help a brother, a sister in Christ, but let's be careful that we're not trying to teach them how we think it ought to be done. I've gotten phone calls from men in the church asking me why my wife wore that and why she wore that. That's wrong, that's sin, and that has no business another man asking about my wife. You with me? That's for her and I to determine before God. That's a personal conviction. We're not talking about people on staff and all that. You understand we're about ready to start school, and I'm asking the ladies to be in a, be in a skirt, be in a dress. You understand that? Okay? That's a place of employment. I hope if you work at McDonald's or Best Buy or Home Depot or whatever, you put on their uniform. You with me? But you make up your own convictions for your family based off the word of God. And don't you, don't you follow some man just because. Because you're going to get into trouble. And there's going to get to a point where it's, it's gotten inconvenient to follow him. And now you just threw it in the bucket, threw, it, threw the towel in. And now your children are saying, why are you two-faced? You with me? Because it got inconvenient. You know, whether we're... We can pull out a lot of things here. You got me preaching now. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay? Whether you want to talk about the movies or what music you listen to or or how you dress or whatever you do, quit following a man and follow God. Because it's easy to preach about, oh, don't go to the movies and don't do this until your favorite Star Wars comes out. You decide what God wants you to do. You with me tonight? I use Star Wars because that's what would get me. <laughs> what do you want to call it? I'm not telling you tonight. I'm not confessing my sin or anything tonight. I didn't go to the movies and watch Star Wars, okay? I'm just telling you tonight that in times past, we hear preaching about stuff like that. Give me Bible on that thing. Maybe there's a principle that's a little bit more broader that I ought to develop a conviction in my life and stop labeling things and having to fit into people's molds and following some man that's out there that sounds good. Don't be over-righteous. Don't be much over-wicked. There's balance here. There's balance. So, Pastor John said we could go to the movies and we can wear what we want. No, I did not say that. I did not say all that. I said you do what's right before God for your family. That takes a heart that says, Lord, help me. Help me to be the father I need to be. 
Lord, show me in the scripture what I need to do. Because my boys struggle with this. So there must be somewhere I need to draw a line so that they don't fall. You with me? Because every child is different. And every home is different. I'm not saying that some people can listen to this music over here that's obviously evil and wicked and all that. You understand there's the boundaries of good, right and wrong there. But God's going to tell you where to draw those lines. Quit following a man. I'm your pastor and I'm telling you not to do it. Don't follow me like that. Now, a brand new Christian, they can get to, yeah, okay, the preacher does it this way, amen. But they need to be in their Bible growing. Because if not, what does the scripture say? They're going to be like the seed on stony ground. And they're going to bring them, come right up and they got no roots. And what happens when the sun comes out? They burn up. And they burn up fast. Because they got no grounding in the word of God. They got no roots. Discipleship. That's why discipleship is so important. Because you get grounded in the word of God. Amen? I can't believe this. Oh my word. Do you hear what he's preaching? I'm preaching be, have balance in your Christian life. Because unbalanced people following men quit. And it gets a little tough. What happened to so-and-so? Man, they were like, all gung-ho about this thing, and now they're gone. Because we're out of balance. You ever met somebody? um, I'll tell you what, I've met several of them. They're all gung-ho about music. I mean, all gung-ho. Oh, bless God, this is where we ought to draw the line, and you can't be an inch over this thing, and we got to do it this way. Pastor John, I didn't like that song you played in church the other day. Okay, I understand that. Amen. How you doing in soul winning? What? Yeah, I'm just, you're very passionate about music. How you doing in soul winning? How you doing in raising your children? Do you read your Bible? You understand what I'm saying? We can get way out of balance on some things and we overzealous about some things and we quit when it gets a little inconvenient. Throw in a towel. Somebody comes up against us we don't have an answer for and then all of a sudden it all falls apart. Let's follow God on this thing. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Maybe that would be the theme tonight of this whole, whole message. That's what God's bringing out here. That we quit following men. Now, praise God, we see the scripture. I follow Paul as, as he follows Christ. Yes, amen. You, I'm your pastor, and God made me so. Praise God for that. But I want, I, it is my job not to teach my opinions, but to teach the word of God and you to develop your own personal convictions. I come out of the, the 80s and 90s era of hard fundamentalism. I came out of that. You understand that? And where, where things are being preached that aren't taught. They're, they're, nobody's teaching scripture. They're just saying things. They're just preaching hard stuff. And, and if you didn't line up with that and you didn't look just like the preacher or you didn't look just like this mold, then psh, get out of here. Cast you out. You with me? And, and I'm telling you what, independent, fundamental Baptist churches, soul winning, separated, all that, drove so many people away. People that 
or in the world and, and all of that drove them away. And sometimes we're starting to see them start coming back. Why? It's man worship. That's what it is. I want to be like so-and-so. I want to fit so-and-so. I want to fit this mold. Let's preach the Word of God. Amen? Let's be cautious with that. To preach the Word of God. Lord, thank you for this thought tonight. We didn't get very far in, in Ecclesiastes, but I'm not, I don't apologize for that, Lord. I'm following you tonight, and I thank you for it. And I pray, Lord, that we, that myself tonight, would be the man that I need to be for my family and know where those lines are to be drawn for my family. Lord, that my wife and I together, we would develop the convictions that you want us to have for my children's sake, for our sake. And Lord, that we would stop following men and fit into molds and trying to be like so-and-so. And Lord, we would please you with our choices and our lives. Lord, I thank you tonight that there are families in here that draw their lines to the right of where I would draw them. Lord, meaning more conservative or more, uh, Lord, uh, tighter on this issue. I thank you for that. Lord, you've allowed them to do that and, 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 and to preserve their family for a reason. And Lord, some people wouldn't do, draw those lines there. They might draw them a little different. Thank you for the individual freedom of Christians to develop convictions based on what the Holy Spirit wants. Thank you for that. God, I pray that we would remember that and we'd stop preaching at people and start teaching the Word of God. Preaching opinions. That's where I was going with that. Lord, thank you for this thought tonight. Thank you for drawing that out. And I pray that we would be true men of God that rightly divide the Word of truth. Lord, that I would Help me not to fall into the trap of preaching my opinion. Thank you for these wonderful folks. I thank you for them trusting me to be their pastor. Thank you, Lord, for allowing this to be the case. And I pray as we move forward, as individual moms and dads and grandma and grandpas are developing things in their family, Lord, that I as the pastor would teach the word of God and stay away from what I think. Lord, help us. We love you. Thank you for the Bible study tonight. Bless us now. In Jesus' name, amen.